Welcome to Tech on Deck podcast brought to you by Fidelity Investments. I'm your host, Maureen Olajars, Domain Leader, Software Engineering, and Adam Ely, Chief Information Security Officer. Each episode takes listeners inside the walls of a fintech industry. Anything from cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, cloud, and crypto, to the intersection of product and technology. Tech on Deck breaks down the topics top of mind for technologists today. Plus, we'll give you insight into the exciting and challenging careers in fintech. Welcome back to another episode of Tech on Deck. I'm Maureen Olajars, Head of Software Engineering at Fidelity. And I'm Adam Ely, Chief Information Security Officer at Fidelity. We have an amazing episode for y'all today. Our guest, Tammy Gilbert, who's the Domain Leader for Enterprise Infrastructure and Operations here at Fidelity. Tammy's been with the firm over seven years, it's made a, a huge impact since joining, and currently leads over 2,200 people, that's big, all of whom have a diverse role under her function. Tammy, really can't wait to, to dive in, hear more about your career and, and what you're working on. Welcome to the show. Thank you, I'm excited to be here today. All right, well, with that, I, I wanna start by asking you, what exactly is it that you do in, in your current role? Your title, Domain Leader of Enterprise Infrastructure and Operations. I mean, it sounds big, sounds huge. And I know from working with you, it touches a lot of parts of the business. Um, you manage a team, really large sets of teams, but can you explain that to our listeners a little bit? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. Um, so we're a shared services group across the enterprise here at Fidelity. And I would say there's really two main purposes. The first one is around our IT infrastructure group, uh, where we manage things like our networks, our data centers, mainframes, servers, storage, desktop environments. And yes, we still have a mainframe here, unfortunately. Um, and then the second purpose is to manage the IT operations. And in this role, we ensure the smooth operations of our IT environment. And, and this is doing things like building on our resiliency managing our IT services uh, like incidents and crisis managements and things like that. We work very closely with our application team to raise the bar on resiliency and make sure that if, if anything does go wrong in, or bump in the night, that we're kind of the first responders to ensure that the remediation goes smoothly and as quick as possible. We're also driving our AI ops practice with a strong focus on that resiliency that I mentioned and proactive remediation. So helping the organization think and build about uh, things like self-healing capabilities into their applications. So if I'm following, if our listeners are following, it sounds like you and team go from working with our, our associates, our employees, laptops and, and the end user computing uh, environment, all the way to, to engineers and data scientists working on some of the newest cutting edge technology. I mean, that's, a, that's quite the range. That's a pretty range, uh, big range of things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to be really good at context switching in our role. Uh, our team does a, every single day. You know, we're, we're going from, it could be different from day to day. It could be different hour to hour in many cases. And we have to be able to quickly shift our focus to what's happening in the moment to ensure the highest level of, of availability for our customers. Um, so we're, we're just basically a true 7 by 24 follow the sun organization with associates in U.S., India, Ireland, as well as several other international uh, locations. But, but while we're shifting our organization very quickly, we're also driving an enterprise solution for the company and a strategic direction. So 
things like lifecycle management, site reliability engineering, and AI ops program that I mentioned earlier are all key par parts of it. So like I said, you got to be able to context switch very quickly uh, to, you know, between I'm working on a strategic initiative to, hey, there's a problem in the environment, go, go help get that remediated quickly. So Tammy, that's great. And as I've been listening to this, uh, and we could go in many directions, um, when you're working with a large and diverse team with so many different capabilities, platforms, things of that nature, um, what's what do you see as one of your biggest challenges in managing that kind of diversity, uh, both in team, tech stacks, platforms, things of that nature? I would say it has to be making them all feel attached to a unified strategy. And in, in a team like ours, where a lot of reactionary work is happening, like I said, something goes bump in the night, we we immediately organize and, and uh, bring together the team to work on it. Um, but you still have to have that really strong vision and, and prioritization in the organization. And so we spend a whole lot of time communicating to make sure people understand what that strategic direction is and and uh, so the, uh, the leaders in the organization can make the right priority decisions uh, in the day-to-day -day and in the moment as they, as they do this context switching that I constantly talk about. So I think that's great. So as we take a look at that, build on what you've just gone through and then talk about your strategy and plans as you head into 2024, right? With the complexity of uh, both the environments, the marketplace, um, all of all of the basic competing factors and the speed at which things are changing um, in the external uh, world. Uh, let's let's just talk a little bit about how that affects the work that your team is managing and how do you prepare and get them prepared for the future as technology continues to evolve. Yeah, and, and I have to say I've been in the IT uh, industry for many, many years. I won't tell you exactly how many because it truly dates me. Um, but, but I will say with confidence that today's technology environment is one of the most complex I have ever seen. There's an, and there's a number of things that we do to try to keep people current and our associate and teams focused on the right things. And the first one is the learning days that we've implemented in, with Infidelity. <clears throat> we give every single associate scheduled time to focus on keeping their skills current and expanding their knowledge. Secondly, for me, uh, in 2024, and in fact, this year and next year, you know, we're focused on changing the environment. The, the days of eyes on glass is long gone. The environment is just too complex to really be effective with that mode of operation. So we have to build resiliency into everything we do. And the problem is every company has that's been around for a little bit has this legacy environment where resiliency was primarily handled by the hardware layers. And now we're having to shift it into the software layers, into the application layers. So this is a major focus for us with our site reliability engineering team who work closely with the application teams to raise the bar in that space. And this really includes things like improved observability, being able to detect and shift away from the problem if it's possible and ensuring redundancy is, is in every one of our critical solutions. You mentioned resiliency, and it's so interesting. I hear resiliency come up a lot when I'm talking to your team, but also when I'm talking to teams outside the company. So it, it seemingly it's, it's a great focus, especially to your point that we're in such a complex technology environment that's got to get uh, harder. You mentioned artificial intelligence, and one, I'm kind of curious how the two might tie together, but 
AI is such a hot topic um, and there's so much potential to unlock there. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Tell us, you know, what your team is thinking, what they're doing with artificial intelligence. How does it drive towards those 24 goals for you? Yeah, yeah. It, it is such a critical part of the strategy. Like I said, eyes on glass is no longer something we can do. And, and if you think about it, AI ops is the practice of combining big data machine learning into automation for the IT operation processes, including things like event correlation, anomaly detection, causality determination, and where possible, taking the next step into self-healing as well. This helps us focus on the most important issues faster and resolving them for our customers faster. As we grow, the number of applications we have is, is expanding. We're breaking you know, big environments into microservices. There's just too many things to keep track. So you have to use AI ops and, and automation to point you in the right direction, to get you where you need to be, to help you remediate when possible. Otherwise, the humans that we have just can't do it. We would have to exponentially grow our, our resources in order to keep up with the pace. And that's, that's just not feasible. Timmy, as you, as you talk about this resiliency, this super complex set of environments that companies have with technology today, and this uh, really look towards the future with AI and AI ops, I have to imagine your, your group, your teams have some of the most interesting opportunities and work ahead of them. How do you, how do you think about this like vast and diverse set of opportunities and challenges and probably fun uh, when you're thinking about hiring and, and staffing for these teams? Yeah, you know, and we will continue to hire your your traditional skills, things like infrastructure engineers, like desktop storage engineers, mainframe engineers, servers uh, engineers. But we're also growing in the number of software engineers, given the fact that so much of the infrastructure these days is really managed through software. We're also growing the number of data scientists, data engineers, as well as AI ops and site reliability engineers. That's kind of a a new term that has come into the industry over the last few years and really grown in its popularity because it's it's the individual that looks at it with this critical eye of resiliency and helps the application teams to think beyond just the scope of what they're doing, but looking at the end-to-end -end ecosystem to make sure that the entire ecosystem is reliable and constantly trying to heal itself. We're also hiring strong IT ops uh, professionals who understand the IT service management, things like change, incident, problem processes, and those things are changing. So, you know, it's, it's keeping those processes modern as your environment changes, uh, you know, as we shift to cloud, as we go to microservices, those, those processes have to change as well. And so we're looking for those individuals who can help us continue to transform those kinds of processes as well. So if I come in here and just build on everything that you've been, you and Adam have been talking about, Tammy, uh, related to skills and, and people that you're hiring and that diverse set of, of technology, right? Those old days of just taking tickets and you go away and it's, you know, real strict layers of, you know, uh, operations right then off to applications teams. But you're, you're having to hire the same kinds of skills that you would need in all of our application and platform teams. Uh, which is really a significant difference. And when I think about, um, as we look at the number of people who are applying to Fidelity, right, over, you know, globally, and um, do you have any advice for people on either how to, how to either get noticed, how to get your foot in the door? You know, do you want to talk about, you talked about learning day earlier, but I think there's some other constructs that we have. Uh, I'd love to get your advice there for our audience. 
Sure. And, you know, first off, I think it's fantastic that we have so many people looking to try to join Fidelity. It just speaks to the to the company that we are and, and um, you know, just the culture that we have. That And it resonates with the folks that um, out there looking for their next uh, step in life. Um, but, yeah, some advice I would give them is a couple of things. First off, networking. Do not underestimate the, the networking capabilities. Um, you know, grow your network, grow, you know, if you've got a LinkedIn profile, grow that network and look for where you have internal contacts within the company that can help you get noticed and get your resume pulled out of the, the you know, the big stack of resumes that uh, come in every day. Number one. Number two, I would say, write, write your resume for the role that you're after. Don't just generic size your resume. I see a lot of resume and it's just this line list of here's all the great things I've done that may or may not get you to stand out in, in a, in a sea of resumes. So you have to write it for the role that you're after. This was a piece of advice that I was given when I was looking for my first CIO role, actually. Um, it was great advice because I, I had a recruiter look at my resume and say, this is an impressive resume, but I have no idea what you're after. So I uh, had to quickly reform the resume and uh, direct it to the role that I was after. Um, and then the third thing is I, I would say be persistent. If you don't get your foot in the door with the first thing that you try, try, try again, try several, um, you know, try, keep, keep submitting it and um, make sure that, like I said, you're reaching into those contacts and trying to get someone to go help pull your resume out of the stack of, of, of resumes that we have. That are all electronic now, <laughs> thankfully. All electronics. And guess what? There's probably a machine learning uh, capability yep. Yep. Uh, reading that resume. That's why I say write it to the role that you're after. So yeah. that machine That's learning thing can pull it out yep. and, and get you into the interview great process. Advice. I love that advice, writing the resume for the role that you're after. It kind of reminds me of the old advice, dress for the job that you want, exactly. um, but kind of a different spin. I, I love that. Tammy, you know, talking about that, and you talked a little bit about your career, you talked a little about your, you know, your resume. You've been in industry some number of years. We won't pull on that. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got to your current role, what your journey was like? I think as people are thinking about applying for those next roles, that will be interesting so they can see what a journey might look like for someone. Sure. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So, um, you know, I started out in the uh, actually in a hospital industry that quickly got into the airline industry working for American Airlines. And, and then I went on a, a series of, of spin outs, mergers, acquisitions and landed me at HP after a few years. And, and that included going to Sabre, then going to EDS and then going to HP. And and in all of that time at EDS and HP, it was really focused on large outsourcing of technology. That's where we would go in and take over a customer's environment and run that environment for them. And that could be anything from their data centers, their infrastructures, their application. We even did business process outsourcing for them in many cases. And that was great because I, I was able to get experience in, a, in just a wealth of industries. I've worked across seven dif different industries. It, financial was one of them, but it included bakeries and mining and uh, airlines and all kinds of different industries. So got a got a great breadth across different industries and, and different approaches. Left HP uh, in about 2012, joined a small company called Trinity Industries. They were a, a welding company. They'd made big things through welding. So things like rail cars and 
barges and things like that. That was my first uh, attempt at being a CIO, uh, which was fantastic, really with the focus on just building a strategy out with them, which I did. And then it was approached by Fidelity in late 2015 uh, with an offer uh, in 2016 to join on as their head of corporate technology group. This is a, a group that managed all the internal applications, things like we manage tax, risk, compliance, audit, accounting, finance, HR, uh, which was fantastic. It was uh, in that role for about three years. And then uh, my leader was uh, my current leader, Roger Stiles, has CTO for Fidelity. New enroll, we were having that, you know, okay, you've been in your role for three years, kind of what's next conversation. We both agreed, you know, look, I'm going to continue to broaden and do this because I've just really started this journey and really enjoyed it. But then I said, but if there's ever an opportunity, I would love to run the enterprise infrastructure operations team. He kind of sat back and looked at me kind of funny. He's like, why would you want to do that? That's like, you know, that's a whole different job. Lots of sleepless nights, long days, you know. And I said, well, let me give you my resume because I think you'll see that I have a large background in this space and I see some opportunities that I'd love to help um, transform in that group. Um, it was a full year later before an opportunity came up. He gives me a call and said, hey, so remember that conversation? There might be an opportunity. Are you still interested? And I'm like, oh, absolutely. So yeah, I took uh, you know a, a lot of interviews. Later, I was offered the the next role in my fidelity career, and and took this uh, position. Which is, by the way, I have to I have to do a call out for fidelity on this. They are amazing at mobility, which is which is fantastic. It's uh, you know, you can just get a lot of opportunities to take on different roles, new roles, learn different parts of the of the business, and. And I have just been fortunate enough to have two particular roles that has given me a great enterprise-wide view of Fidelity. It's given me kind of a crash course in how the company works, which is, has been really, really great for me. And Maureen, you may not know this. I think Tammy and I figured out one time that we were both working with airlines at the same time yep. on different sides of the engagements. And we very likely were working on the same things at the same time yeah. and didn't know each other. Well, there you go. Now you're dating both of you. Smaller, smaller world than you might think. Yeah, exactly. That's right. We could have you on for multiple episodes, believe me. Right. And it's been great sharing this. And I, the thing I would always remind people is it's not just literally what you're stating, right? But it's right understanding those journeys. I mean, you were just talking about your first um, CIO role for, was it a welding company? Yes. Yeah. So, so when I think about that, right, you know, just the, the opportunities and it goes back to your resume about the kind of job that you'd want, the kind of experience that you're seeking. And it's so important, but anyway, it's really an impressive career journey. And, um, you know, I could tell how passionate you are about it. And, you know, obviously, you know, Adam's in technology as a female in technology myself in the career, it'd be great to be able to just spend a few minutes with you on, um, What's what have your experiences been? And then as as you talk about that story as a woman in technology, um, what's I, I just think that there's so many rich things that you could cover there. You know, maybe just share a few things with our with sure. our folks here. I'll go back to the very first time um, I was a vice president, newly promoted into the role. It wasn't the welding company; it was uh, one of the prior companies I mentioned, and we were having this large annual 
meeting of the top 200 uh, leaders in the company. And I, I really had never even thought about this, but I walk into the room and it was a sea of men. There was literally three women in the room and that was it. Three women, three VPs in this company with a sea of, of about 197 men. So I, I guess that was the first time I really ever even noticed that there was this disparity between women and men in the organization. It never even occurred to me. It never really, I'd never focused on it, right? Because I worked with lots of women, not, but lots of those women were really not, as I began to reflect on it, were really not in technology roles. They were in business analyst roles, project management roles, coordination roles. And, and I was, I grew up as a hardcore technologist. I started out as a network engineer and became an application software developer pretty quick. And um, so it was, it was a stark reminder to me that this is a space that we all needed to work a lot harder in. I would say today you walk into a room and you can't, you can't tell that there's a disparity, right? You, you know, I, I was easy to, it's easy to count three. <laughs> you can't yeah. count how many women versus men are in a room anymore, which is, I think, great progress, but we're not where we need to be yet. It's, it's an area that we need to continue to work. And I really think that the only way to make continued progress in this space is to really focus on young girls in school and encourage them into STEM programs encourage them into technology fields uh, and show them how exciting this world can be in this space. I, I think that's, I think that's just a, such an important movement that all of us need to lean into. And it's not just a woman's movement. This is a man and a woman right. and everybody movement that needs to be engaged in it. Really helpful. Really helpful. As we think about that evolution and continuing to do that job, right? Um, and because even if you are a coordinator and you're a project manager and you're in IT jobs, right, overall, that family of jobs, I think, is really important to encourage that as well, because you're going to have a range, a range of skills, a range of talents. And to your point, like where your careers go, your career may not take, you know, linear steps forward in one direction. And it's really important to be open to the ways in which, you know, you can step step out a little bit to the side somewhere, but it could be something that you really learn. It could be the experience of the management, the industry, all of those things, you know, over the course of time that none of us wants to say how long we've been in the industry. Um, but I think that's, that's the richness of it, right? Um, and that brings that diversity of thought, diversity of character, diversity of, of experience uh, to the table. Yeah, you know, I had I had to do a tech talk once, and somebody was helping me took a took a look at my resume. They're going to help me prepare for this tech talk, TED talk, and they said, um, I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but like a third of your your career was you moving up the ladder, a third of your career was moving down the ladder, and a third of your career was moving a heart, you know horizontal across the ladder. And I had never even realized it until she brought it up. It's very true. It's, you know, career paths are rarely a direct straight path. Um, to get the experience that you need, you have to take a lot of different paths um, to lead where you need to go. Thanks. That was amazing. So, Sam, you just gave some amazing advice on uh, people's careers. You, you've talked a lot that's really deep in how complex tech is these days uh, and all things that your team's doing. So, 
let's get to know you a little bit, uh, just more as a person outside your role, because we're all we're all human. At least I think we all are. Um, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about um, some of your hobbies, some of the things you you really enjoy. Uh, I saw some notes, uh, some things that surprised me that I didn't know about you. So <laughs> love for you to share those with with our audience today. Sure. Um, so first off, I'm, I'm an avid photographer. I love taking uh, pictures, portraits. I, I, I do a little bit of weddings for people I know, um, lots of landscape type of things. So that's my favorite hobby. And I spend a lot of time on that. An item that most people don't know about me, however, is that I'm also an avid Star Wars fan. And I don't mean just watching the nine, you know, the, the trilogy movies. I'm deeply immersed in Star Wars. I watch all the animated series, the Clone Wars, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, the Rebels. I read the books uh, that, that come out. I can, you know, pretty much tell you which are canon, which are not canon. And um, this is a, a love that my boys and I, I have three grown adults, a, a daughter and two boys, but the, the three of the two boys and I spend a lot of time talking and waiting for the next series and, and theorizing on, on the backdrop of the storylines that are happening on Star Wars. And then my daughter, I have, uh, she has two, two children. So I have two grandchildren and uh, I love bonding with them and spending time with them and uh, we chase them all over the place, soccer games and <laughs> rhythmic gymnastics and all kinds of things there. So very active outside of uh, Fidelity. See, this is this is amazing. I'm actually glad we really had this opportunity. You and I, and I know you and Maureen, and, and maybe Maureen knew some of this and everybody was just keeping it from me, but <laughs> you and I talk a lot. And I had no idea about the Star Wars interest or the photography. <laughs> Both are really amazing to me. I just didn't know. Uh, yeah. so, it's, it's like awesome. That says we talk shop too much. That, well, that's that's because normally right. when Adam and I are talking, it's a problem. Right? That's right. Wait, that's something right. broke. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> that is so true. Well, Timmy, I, you know, I want to thank you. Uh, it was great to hear about your role, but really, really great to hear the advice you have for folks that might be applying or building their career now, uh, as well as getting to know you. And, and after the two and a half years we've worked together, I feel bad that I didn't know those things. But really wanted just to thank you for taking time out of your very busy day to, to help us uh, and help our, our listeners. Absolutely. Thanks, Tammy. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, everyone. Thanks for joining us for Tech on Deck. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't yet, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you to our listeners and recording studio and editors who make our episodes possible. To learn more about tech opportunities, head over to tech.fidelitycareers.com. See you next time.